I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. It's almost June. June Pride Month. Oh, Pride places. Month. So will you, will you remind me, is Pride Month, it's, it's a, I mean, a more of a U.S. thing. And is it national? Like every single state has, because I feel like it depends on the state and the city We've and the to, weather. We've been Utah to multiple Pride before months. when it was Pride. And yeah. I, I think it was in May. So I think it's just very, there's various states that have various dates to pay homage i wonder if that's a different like stonewall and uh, i don't know um, yeah I should... i've been to pride in new york as well oh i was there June. with you one year yes you were oh yeah i remember singing the pussycat song and we yeah the pussycat song that was fun that was fun yes and so yes pride month is around the corner this is not about pride this is about pride and submission and being submissive with repeat guest orpheus black yeah he said what is this is third time, I believe, is what he said on our show. He is an expert in all things human sexuality, uh, sex education, especially when it comes to kink. He holds the title of, what is it, like Leather leather Daddy of the Year? Or he something. says it when yeah. we ask him. He yeah. has a lot of accreditation when it comes to his experience. He helps shape all of... Oh, yeah. I don't want to say normalization, but bringing BDSM to the world in the forefront. He he has been at the forefront. He's a, he's an expert speaker on the on the witness stand. I know for court cases. I know that's why. Yeah, that's wild. So he can hang out in all these realms. Actually, he does say on this exact episode, he's like, I've pretty much done it all. So yeah, join in, tune in. So in the past, we've talked about dominance and how because he comes from more of a dominant place and a dominant role. That's how he identifies. But he has had a lot of sex with people in the submission submissive submission role subs also known as subs um as well as in being in relationships also teaching various folks of all bits orientations genders etc who just identify as more submissive and we talk about what does that mean to be submissive bottoming how to be ultimate submissive sexual self so tune in and learn more and also just a quick shout out to our discord we just had an event recently on discord if you don't know what it is just go to the link in our show notes and it is a free online um, kind of like chat base. Although there's some video talks, etc. Ways to connect with the Shameless Sex community. And if you want to make other Shameless Sex friends, maybe even Amy and April, because we might be on there as we were this last week. Go check it out. And we like to just dive right in these days. Like deep we're keeping it short and sweet this short. episode was longer because there's a lot of good content yeah, it's meaty He's a really great speaker beefy. so the sex question which i only also read meaty. the last sentence of it's beefy it's beefy and juicy all the all the vegetarians hate me sorry all right um it's vegany oh beefy nesto it might be one of the vegan meat beefy like beyond 
Yeah. It's Beyond Beefy. <laughs> I don't know. There's lots of them. Not sponsored by Beyond Beefy. Um, okay, so ready for a sex question. About a year ago, my fiance, a vulva owner, opened up to me, I am a penis owner, about how she identifies as bisexual. Recently, she asked if it would be all right if she could explore with others to indulge her desires, but she wanted to do this alone because she didn't want to feel watched. I want to fully support her in her sexuality, so I said it's fine. However, there's a part of me that wants to be exploring playing with another partner as well on my own. When I brought this up, she was unsure if she felt comfortable with it. I can't help but feel that there's a double standard here. While I want to wholeheartedly support her and I know relationships shouldn't be tit for tat, I just can't seem to get over what feels kind of like an injustice. How should we move forward? Interesting question. The whole, yes, the tit for tat piece, one partner feeling more open to other genders. In fact, not more open might be a need as part of their orientation and their, you know, their innate sense of who they are and who they want to really connect with. And so for this, I'm assuming straight penis owner, so straight man, he's like, okay, so you're a bis- my partner's bisexual woman. She, I gave her the okay to have sex with other women and she wants to do it on her own. And I'm a straight man, so I feel like I should be able to go and have sex with other women, too. But it didn't say that she wanted to have sex with other penis owners. It just said No, others, it's just women. Right? Yeah, oh. she's just women. She's, oh, she did... wants to go explore bisexuality oh. with other women. And he's kind of giving her blessing to be like, yes. But then he's like, huh, actually. Oh, I missed that part. Uh, I didn't hear that part of yeah. the thing. He's okay. like, actually, as I feel into it, I kind of want to play with other people, too, but I'm straight. So, but she's not comfortable with that. And so there's this, like, that's what he's speaking to this tit for tat thing of it feeling like I, I don't want to play that game. And it feels a little unfair. Like you go and explore that with other Volvo owners, but I want to play with other Volvo owners too. So not Volvo, Volva. So yeah, that's a hard one. I'd say, cause you don't want to do the tit for tat game for sure. You want it. I would say ultimately, if you can, it's you. It sounds like you're av- available for it. You're you're open to leaning into your partner's desire to be with other women or pussy owners or vulva owners, and you're also feeling your own inner desire of like, but hey, that sounds fun. I kind of want to fuck other women too, so or vulva owners or pussy owners as well. And I guess what I would say is there might be a difference between like an innate sense of who we are. Like I'm bisexual. And so for me, it's really important that I experience all these aspects of gender in my sexuality versus it just sounds really fun to fuck other women or fuck other men or just have sex with other people. And like, is that an innate part of you of like, I need this? You know, this is a really important part of my identity or my satisfaction or my feeling of connection or worthiness in this world. Or is it more just like it just sounds kind of fun and nice. And if you're doing it, I like to do it, too. Like they're kind of different. I don't know. What do you think, Chip? Well, I want to speak to something that would I think that I've heard myself say in relationship and also some friends say where it gets different when you are a person that identifies as a heterosexual individual, even if sometimes you're bisexual, but you tend to go in monogamy with the person that has genitals that don't receive the same things that you have. So me being a penis owning lover that loves the dick, I am okay thinking about myself hooking up with other like other women let's let's just like 
whether they're whatever gender, I, I like we can't get gender with this. I'm going to talk to you freely, right? Because if I do, it's going to get too complicated. I don't want to lose people. But for me, I think when I've had penis owning partners or dudes, let's just say, if they wanted to hook up with other dudes, I wouldn't be personally as I think uncomfortable with it like and I've had other yeah. yeah and I've had other partners that were men that were penis owning cis dudes that were like I'm so cool if you hook up with a chick but as soon as it comes to another dude I'm not cool and that was always interesting and I would say that in terms of a threesome I would be like well what if we hook up with another dude you and myself and another dude and they'd be like no I wouldn't be into that so it's it's interesting to think Which about that's a kind of double standard it's a double too, standard for that and that it's other a double thing, yeah. standard for all senses and I'm not saying this is a it's not a generalization or a bit of advice. I'm only offering my own sense of clarification in my brain of how I interpret this. It's the question would be to this person's fiance, the vulva owning fiance who wants to hook up with other vulva owning humans, what, wh- however they identify, would it be okay if they hooked up with other cis penis owners oh i I, you know this is a really deep question that could go a lot of different ways and what's your comfortability level and does does is is gender the the thing here is is sexuality like what are we talking about here right yeah i think that's that's a really valid point like so the this person so this this guy's he's man this dude his yes to her exploring with other vulva owners i'm curious as you're saying what you're saying april what made you say yes like is it oh because you wouldn't leave me for another pussy right because that feels safe and so like go ahead and now when i think about it i'm like huh but i kind of want to play with other pussies too but i still feel safe with you exploring other pussies because i feel like you are maybe leaning more towards that i want to be with me or the penis owning side of being a bisexual human and not that it needs to be like sides because it's a really broad spectrum of bisexuality and when you what that can look like is different for every individual so like i like what you said it's like safety what's more threatening and if you switch roles what happens there and in my brain now when i am i'm not saying i'm evolved in any sense when it comes to sexuality because it's always changing and my jealousy factor is still lit but it doesn't matter what gender folks if they're lying or or doing things out of integrity then i get pissed so i'm like safety's first and whoever you're fucking let's just talk about that and there if you're in a relationship the double standard thing the tit for tat thing as they were speaking to may need to be left behind it should be an even playing field or the i I think that the there doesn't need to be divisive things occurring right maybe not like perfectly even to or like or what about like we're you know we're writing our book right now which we can't tell you what it's about but you know an option c d e f where it's not like okay you i said yeah all good you go have sex with a whole bunch of other ladies or pussy owners or vulva owners or women i said that yes and i also said oh that sounds fun to me too and you're kind of like not really comfortable with that okay how about option c so what could that look like when we how can we put them both together right so you're not cool with me having sex or hooking up with other vulva owners the way i'm allowing you to do that or not allowing cuz that sounds like your property i'm inviting or uh, opening up to how can we work together maybe we have shared experiences 
maybe threesomes and i know you don't want to be watched so like how can there's ways i think to set it up where you're not watched and maybe you all hang out for a little bit and then you leave the room and they get to play or what if you record it and then you send it to them after yeah yeah exactly i wouldn't want that because i don't want my recordings of sex out there or you're only a part of it for a little bit where you get to make out with the other person that is into making out with you and then you leave the room and then let them go on their merry little journey so you still get some playtime involved in some way but your partner doesn't feel like you're sitting there like you know it's all about you like it sounds like your partner kind of wants to be be about them and they want to have these experiences and not really have to necessarily worry about you and but it doesn't mean that just because you said i'm all good like now you can change your mind and now be like wait actually let's work together on this but i wouldn't be just hold it up like you know wave the flag of well you get to have sex so i do too we also spoke to an injustice which mm, there's fairness. Th- exactly I'm looking at that 80 80 marriage book exactly. there. there's a tit for tat thing yeah. that's a lot of there's a buildup I think of what's going on and it maybe feels weighted in another direction in this particular situation and look we do our best to speak to the whole and not the few when we when we speak to these types of situations and we'll use our own situations or your your in your coaching experiences and unfortunately and fortunately everything's evolving and changing and we don't have a necessarily perfect situation or scenario or prescription to offer you right we're giving you yeah. some sort of anecdote that we that just we options know. Yeah. right tools options. so and, and then maybe one other tool is just take it step by step like let your partner have one experience see how that feels or you have a shared experience but lay that out in a more gentle baby steps way like not full-on like burying your face in a pussy you know or there's so many different ways to go about it than just a b you go here i go there and you can always reopen the conversation it doesn't have to be done uh, and just because you said one thing doesn't mean you can't change your mind and we always talk about the no's, the yeses, and the maybes. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting a hard no about the unknown, that's something to look at. Yeah. Definitely maybe. Yeah. De- I'm, I'm definitely, a definitely maybe. maybe. Definitely maybe check that out. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, Orpheus is going to help us understand how to open that up a little more this and like be more true. clear about our safe word. So. All right, y'all. Here's the bio. Part spiritual therapist, part bedroom sorcerer, and all badass. Orpheus Black is a Los Angeles-based public speaker, teacher, thought leader, and somatic visionary who specializes in the application of ancient wisdom in modern-day settings. To learn more, visit OrpheusBlack.com. All right, everyone. It is episode time, interview time with repeat guest Orpheus Black. Is this the second, third, fourth time you've been here? And I know it's not the second, actually. Third, third or fourth? Third? It's like the third time. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So- your first time on our show was a similar topic, but from the more dominant perspective. So it was about how to be more dominant in the bedroom. And it's in our top 15 episodes out of, you know, what are we at? Like 300 now? Almost Chip? 300, yeah. I believe. Right. Yes. People really wanted to hear that. They loved everything you shared. You're a phenomenal public speaker, educators. We love having you back. Uh, and so this time he's we got, an expert. He testifies in court. I know. Yeah, exactly. Actually. Yeah, totally. That's, that's definitely very special skills that came up on my radar recently because my partner's a criminal defense attorney and they were like, so who do I call when I have questions about some, I was Orpheus black, but anyways, yeah, that's not, so 
this topic, not about that. This one is about kind of more like the submissives role or submission and how to maybe own that role more or, or if you're playing with someone who's submissive. So some tips and tricks and, and then beyond that, it sounds like tips and tricks sounds a little more like superficial because you always have a tendency to really dive deep into these rules um, and regulations. Oh yeah. Her, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of about the rules and regulations as a yeah. dominant. I got to be honest. That's, yeah. that's me. I'm and all about the structure. The, yes, the structure, boundaries, and also the playfulness too, and the scene and all these different parts that come into play. So before we dive into that, can you tell our listeners, even though you've done this on our show multiple times, how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality, both as a professional and in your maybe your personal life as well? I don't know. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. The way I got into this is I was poly for at least five years, raising three kids, the poly dynamic with two other women. And one of the women stepped away and left us for a dom. And I had no idea at the time what a dominant dom, you know, which is abbreviation, was. I thought it was a guy named Dominic or Dimitri or <laughs> something like that. I was looking through my neighborhood, just cruising, looking for a fight to have with anyone named Dom. <laughs> what I found out after she got back is she was into kink, S&M, fetish, and was looking for a dominant partner who was capable of leading her in a very specific way. And so she wanted to introduce me to this lifestyle because she felt I had it in me. She took me to a goth industrial club. Now, as a Black guy going to a goth club... <laughs> not necessarily that you know he's not ringing any bells for me you know what i mean it's like not what i want to do i had no idea what goth was either to show you how sheltered that was but i stepped through they pulled back the heavy black curtains opened it up and i swear the whole place stopped because a black guy was in there and and you know once everything came back to kind of normal i saw a guy standing probably about seven to eight feet up in the air on a woman's throat who was suspended in this cubicle crucifix and i remember very distinctly saying to myself yeah i can do that <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i was not weirded out by anything that happened that night at all and lo and behold the same person approached me and said hey do you want to learn how to do this and I said yes, and I never went back. And from there, it took me into doing adult movies. It took me into making floggers and, and other fetish apparel, designing clothes for, and uh, fetish items for different TV shows like uh, America's Best Dance Crew or True Blood. Uh, I've also done sex work in this. You know, I mean, I've pretty much done everything that you can possibly think of, including being a leather title holder three times. I don't know. You name it, I've done it <laughs> in the world of sex. But it all came through that one moment where I saw one person exploring his sexuality, exploring another person's uh, body in a, in a way that was atypical. I, I just, about goth, because we've talked about this in past po podcasts. Did you say that this was a goth dungeon or it's just a goth club and sex was happening there? Goth club. And part of the attraction, it was called Club Dungeon, right? That was the name of the club. And so the theme was Dungeon. So they had people doing um, thematic, not reenactments because they were real scenes, but thematic play. Didn't you say you showed up in a jogger suit of some sort and you were like, oh, hey, yeah. what's up? I'm not goth, but I'm down. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was hip hop at the time. I had the crush, pretty much the same color, like the crush velour powdered sweatsuit. You know what I mean? And the guy, the guy, the bouncer is like, you know, this ain't hip hop night. <laughs> I like had to convince him that I knew what was going on before he would let me in. 
you know? And finally, he let me in. And I'm telling you, at the time, Club Dungeon was the epitome of goth industrial club, but also the kind of epicenter of what kink is now. We were formulating and really playing with what you see, because what you see in kink now, uh, what you see in fetish movies, we were doing and inventing in that club. And it got exported all around the world because, as you know, Canoga Park was Porn Valley. Mm -hmm. right everybody from hollywood those clubs became porn stars they started doing you know kink.com and dungeon core and all these other things and so what we were doing in that club in hollywood became standard the norm right and it really we were pushing the boundaries of human desire human sexuality interaction right and so from there it was a short hop over into you know from porn or anything into mainstream yeah you know because the mainstream wanted that they wanted the sensationalism but they wanted the real because you know what fake looks like Mm -hmm. they want to see real representations of their desires yeah well i lived near canoga park this is why i i have a little bit of reason i lived in north hollywood and van nuys was where a lot of the porn came out of in the 2000s in the early 2000s in the 90s so i have a deep respect for that it's it's hollywood and it's also it's historical in so many ways and you have shaped this industry so much especially in in terms of when we're talking about dominance and submission and when we've recorded with you in the past i have have really dropped in and listened to how you speak and what you have to say. And I've actually taken that outside of our recordings. When people ask me about my favorite episodes, you come up because of the way you present and the way that you speak to people. It's very digestive. Even when you're, you don't think that you're into BDSM, you don't know I'm not kinky enough. Right. Which is how I always felt about myself. I I just thought I was some like Midwestern chick that didn't, would never do dominance and submission until I listened to that Rihanna song that came out about S S S. Remember that song? <laughs> I was like, Oh, I could get down with that. And then Nikki Nefarious did the video. It was yes. the, Nikki Nefarious, my friend. Uh, she tied everybody up in that video. Mm. Fuck yeah. See, someone's got to do the tying and it's professional. So it, there you go. Exactly. It's all about safety, which brings me on the episode when we spoke with you about dominance, you gave so many incredible things. I've actually listened to that episode two times, Orpheus. So thank you for that. Now we're speaking to submission and mm. this can apply to even folks out there that believe they're in the more dominant sense, or if you feel there's submission, it can always change. And you'll talk more about that. But that show was, as Amy mentioned in our top 15. So let's talk about the sub, the submissive one. What does being a sub mean? And how does it show up in sex? Mm. (sighs) Submission is a very long and arduous thing it's ethereal it's not something that you can pin down it's not something you do like service you know it's not about being a servant you know these are all different things the easiest way to kind of fathom submission is to think about surrender the cessation of resistance not resisting allowing now people were thinking well, what am I allowing? Am I allowing my partner to do whatever they want to do with me? Or am I just giving myself over with, you know, blind obedience? No, the idea of surrender 
is giving yourself over to that which you desire most. Mm. What do you want to experience? What do you want to feel, right? Giving yourself over without resisting it. Why do I want to do that? Why do I want to feel that way? Oh, I'm bad. Really, what we do is to say, how about trying this experiential narrative, experiencing over intellectualizing it? You don't have to think about it. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to know why. Don't make meaning out of it. Just feel into it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a meditation. It's just having the experience. Nobody could tell you what chocolate tastes like if you've never had it. You have to experience it. No one can tell you what water tastes like on your tongue. You have to experience it. No one can describe it. They're indescribable. Most of what we do defies rationale can so you read bedtime to... stories too because i love the soothing <laughs> nature of your voice when you just when you said meditation at, before you said that She's i was like, dropping oh, in i was like oh and then i pictured you reading a story about something that would just about <laughs> submission just about submission well and, as you fall asleep and then he gently spanked Ooh. <laughs> let's do that so maybe tonight you can get on the phone with april and and talk her to sleep you that. said you've done every have you done that yet you've done everything in the industry yeah, right have you I've, okay. I've actually done phone sets oh shit okay well then I've done, have you done... oh i've driven okay. escorts oh you know what i mean like i've done the whole thing i'm telling you there's almost no part of without being like like in the gay being anything gay as far as that goes, I haven't done anything really in that with like gay prostitution or anything like that. But if it's hetero, cis, hetero, I've pretty much done it. Yeah. Yeah. You've gone down you know those. I mean? Yeah. That road, the alley. Mm -hmm. But, but actually, you teach I'm other still, penis owners, though. You just don't uh, have interactions or experiences with other penis owners. But I, you I don't get penetrated folks. by penis owners. Got it. And I don't pen penetrate penis owners. But I do play with penis owners. I do. I will. I'm an equal opportunity flogger. I will flog, beat, spank, <laughs> you know, tie anybody. And literally, I mean the physical body. And this is what's really important because we have to remember that surrender and submission. And the difference between the two is surrender is something you do once. Submission is is a perpetual state of being. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's not like if an army shows up at your encampment you surrender once and it's all over submission is a viable lifestyle choice you're choosing to not resist on a daily basis you're saying yes to your desires you're saying yes to your wants you're saying yes to your needs and you say well my partner wants me to surrender is your partner who you want to surrender to if so then it's okay mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If they are, if they want to do what you want to do and you want to surrender to it, that's great. But it's really about your desires and where you're coming from, mm -hmm. right? You surrender to yourself. You surrender to a moment. You don't surrender to a person. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. We, t I think we talked about this with the episode with you about how to be more dominant. And we just had a uh, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on the show. And we were talking about how for some folks who are asking their partner to be more dominant, and then the dom the person they're asking me dominance like I don't have that in me I don't want to be the creepy person or rapey person or you know too much and I think we've talked about that in the past and so my question for you is if we generalize or maybe not generalize but have an understanding like why someone might want to be submissive or why this might be in them you know like or and maybe not why this is in them but more so like what's the driving force that you often see the driving force is we hear of the the CEO who of some big corporation who just wants to be whipped and 
spanked in the bedroom so they can finally let go and release because what's they- that movie with j-lo the hu- hustler hustle <laughs> remember <laughs> that movie or the guy in billions and the guy, yeah. billions? the guy in billions, yes, too, or, yeah. the DA, in, oh, the attorney general, yeah, was, yes, who wants problem. someone to like literally burn him and like you know beat him in the testicles sometimes, and like this is such a generalization, but so I guess the question more about that piece there, it, I mean, I would combine them together a little bit, like not everyone's designed to be a sub, right? And not everyone's designed to be a, des- a dom, meaning like it doesn't run deeply in their veins. Like for me, if someone's like, hey, could you be like my dom? I'd be like, eh, I'm, I identify more on the sub side. Maybe I can play in the middle. But like, what are your thoughts on that for like a partner, maybe asking their partner to be more submissive when they're like, I don't know if that's me. Well, here, here's the thing that I'm going to say. I mean, there's lots of yeses and there's no, because it's a very nuanced conversation. But let's say this. The problem that we've experienced with whether you're dominant or sub doesn't matter because we are both just like you're both masculine and feminine you're both dominant and sub it's just whether someone evokes that in you right whether someone awakens that desire in you to be more dominant to be more forceful i get clients all the time it's like well with my wife i don't feel dominant but with the woman i cheated on I, it was just natural it just came out right because the dynamic was there Okay, so this is very important because what oftentimes happens is a partner will try and provoke a very specific behavior. They'll be like, why aren't men up? Why can't you be more masculine? Or why can't you be more submissive? They're provoking. Hmm. What I want people to do is to cultivate a way of being that evokes, awakens, elicits a response that is in line with your desire, right? That really speaks to who you are on the inside. The way that I like to do it is, again, is lamp, language. Are you using the language that elicits this behavior, right? Action, what are you doing that would awaken or evoke something in your partner, right? Mannerisms or motivations, what are you, how are you carrying yourself that makes a person feel like that, right? And then packaging, how are you putting it together that really makes a person drop in. What you want to do is occupy that space. I am submissive. I am this for yourself. Let this come from a really natural place. And they have no other choice but to really become the compendium to you, the polarity of you, right? And so if you kneel and give some, and take off their shoes, if you uh, crawl over to them, right, how are they going to respond to you? Ew, what are you doing? I can't believe that. That's a, that's a person who's just detached from their sexuality altogether. But if a person wants to play, right, because this is really about framing it from the standpoint of play so that they can feel free enough, judgment-free enough, right, to be able to explore that space, they will. Most people refuse to go into that space of discomfort because they're afraid of being teased, ridiculed, persecuted, or identified as something less than. So along with that, we have to make a person feel comfortable. So there's nothing wrong with using the language of service, using the language of submission. Yes, sir. Yes, daddy. Yes, uh, whatever that harkens to the power dynamic, right? Using, you know, mannerism, kneeling, sitting on the floor, resting your head on their lap, massaging their hands, right? Wanting to be led, show up in a collar with a leash, right? Wait for them to take the other end of it. You know, things like that. Go ahead. 
So wait, you covered LAM. Is there a, the, the, the P tea? was packaging? LAM P and then oh, I was thinking Lampert. Where's the ERT? Where oh wait, oh, or, or, or I thought you think of I thought you're thinking of Lamb too. Like no, I was lamb. thinking of Lampert, my last name. I was like, wait, there's an acronym for my last, but I totally was oh my God. to everything else. That's but I was like, adorable. oh my god. I was like, what's the, where's the T though? Because I thought I had the E and the R in there, and I was like, okay. I will do it for you. I will do it for you. Which brings us to the next piece, though, topping from the bottom. Good I, job. High five to you, Lampert, over here. So there's the term topping from the bottom. Maybe that's the T. <laughs> um, so what does this mean? And how does this apply to someone who might be more submissive? Like, I mean, I've, I've said this before with a partner, like that's, that's topping from the bottom right now. And I've also heard some people say like, actually topping from the bottom maybe isn't the most helpful term to or terminology to use, but how do you feel about it? And there's April's T. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. was thinking Orpheus was like, wait, she can't spell. Cause I was like, what about the T? I was like, because you covered all the other ones in my brain because I was listening so intently. And I was like, oh, oh no. And then I realized, yes, I had a, a moment where I just totally it's perfect. was it was all about me. And I'm so sorry to the listeners out there, but that is good. Top it from the bottom. That's the T. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. I like it. You know, uh, uh we can do power exchange and temptation. Okay, we missed an R, but that's not for me. I tried. I tried. <laughs> Topic from the bottom. From you did the bottom. well. Here's here's a here's a haiku that I once heard that kind of explains topic from the bottom. She wants me to love her the way she would love her if she were me. Hmm. That's topping from the bottom. You want me to do to you exactly what you want me to do to you, not necessarily it be an expression of who I am in line with my sexuality. And so it's like, you're not doing it right. You're not hitting me the way you're not doing this. You should be doing this this way. You should, you know, it's almost like nagging and nagging a person into doing it the way you would do it if you were me, but you're not me. And this is where submission comes in. It's letting go to the preconceived ideas as to how this is supposed to be performed. It's another aspect. Some people are so attached to a very specific outcome that the exploration becomes moot, right? Sometimes we have sex for the sake of sex. Sometimes it's just the fun of bodies rolling and moving through space and time. Right. It's like I, if I have to have this type of orgasm, if I don't squirt at least a bucket, I'm, I'm not satisfied. Exhausting. <laughs> right. But coming in, you know, filling this order, you make a sub of me, you make a servant of me, as opposed to two people just coming into a space where we can both just explore. I just want to explore your body. I just want to have fun. I just want to touch you. I just want to interact with you. Right. And if orgasm is a process, a, a part of that process, then that's great. You know, if the mind-blowing blah, blah, blah is a part of the process, that's great. But when you really want to be with somebody, you want to, them to be a partner in both the exploration of your life and also the exploration of intimacy. When you want somebody just to pop your hood and check the clutch a little bit, that's a very different interaction, right? And both have a place in relationships. But for me, letting go and experiencing, exploring can help you find places that you never knew before, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's my just kind of thought about topping from the bottom. So I have two questions here and we have only a few left and I, and I don't ever want you to go. This isn't on our roster of questions because safety keeps coming up for me. And I wanted to speak oh, yeah. to safety because I know that there have been times in my life of 
my sexual life, right? Where I felt that I wanted to be dominated, but I didn't know about safety and safety isn't as sexy to talk about, but it's so important, especially if there is submission happening. And I know that you're a very educated dom and you know, safety, but for folks out there that want to feel submissive and maybe they don't have long-term partners or maybe there's a lot of, of scenarios out there. What are some things to initiate to have safety first? Because that is so important. First of all, thank you for asking that question about safety. It's always important. First of all, you can't do dangerous things safely. They can only be done safer, right? So there is no foolproof way of keeping yourself safe, right? So the things that can help you be safer is selecting a safe word right? Just putting into play some word that says, when I say red, you will do X, Y, and Z, right? That's absolutely important. And then ask them to demonstrate it. So take the person's hand say, I'm going to, you know, take my hands, rub the back of them. When I say strawberry or whatever the safe word is, you will do exactly what I've asked you to do. Just to demonstrate that you know what I'm talking about, to help me feel more safe. Boom. They're capable of doing it. That's great. Also, making sure that you have a way of enforcing, enforcing your no, right? Anytime you have a demand, you're, you know, you're going to protect your boundaries, but you don't have a way of enforcing it. It's not a boundary. It's a suggestion. So you should go into a situation where you're absolutely capable of like, if, if I say my safe word and he doesn't, it's going to be like, motherfucker, you better get off me or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Or you're going to call for help or you're going to do a thing, but you have to have a way of enforcing your boundaries or it's not a boundary, mm. right? Now we can say that we're all putting this on top of the submissive, but we're not really. What we're doing is you're the most vulnerable and we have to give you ways of keeping yourself safe in those moments in the event that the person that you're with is not listening to you, right? Because you run the most risk. Now, when these things are done safely, it's transcendent, right? When you find someone that you can trust that much where you can let go and stop taking care of yourself and allow you to be taken care of, it's a beautiful thing. Think about it from the standpoint of play, right? Here's, here's what I like to think. When you play with somebody, when we're a kid, guess what? We create a game, we play it, but there's always something we can say or do that the other person acknowledges is stop. Time out, safe, you know, the safe base, right? Red Those light, green light. <laughs> red light, green light, right? Stop. Yeah. We all know the code word when we get into the game and we've all demonstrated that we're capable of doing that thing. But sometimes people don't listen to the timeout. Some people don't care that you're on the safe base. Some people will go overboard. So there's no 100% solvable things. But putting those things in there are more likely to keep you safe than not. Does that make sense? Also not also getting educated about what it is that you're doing so you can know when it's going wrong. Take a class, get a mentorship. You know, if this is really who you are, then invest in yourself. To me, people who don't take the time, create the safe spaces for themselves, right? Don't find a safe place for them to, to learn are the people who are usually gonna get uh, hurt the most. Mm -hmm. they're just going to try it with some random guy from a bar and get hurt. And now they're like, I'll never do that again. But did you make the investment in yourself in creating those safe spaces? Lastly, 
you use a safe word like a condom. You don't wait till you get into trouble before you use it. You know what I mean? You don't wait. (laughs) (laughs) You use it when you feel uncomfortable or you feel like you should stop because you can always start again. Mm-hmm. And right? listen to your first episode on dominance if you are in a dominant role, because there's a lot of education around being in that position as well. And I was just going to look it up and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think that's also an important piece. Get educated in both contexts. You have to know what you're, what you're doing is of your best self and giving your best self so everyone is safer. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like Uberlube. Uberlube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. Uberlube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, Uberlube. Uberlube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real Volvo owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. What did Layla Martin say when we had her on the show? She was like, if you're going, if you're going to put something in a vagina or an orifice, then you should experience what it's like having something in your own orifice to understand what it feels like to insert something. Right. (laughs) So like, if you're going to have anal sex and see what it's like having something in your own ass and and like, and you know, and and maybe not like if you're going to play a submissive role, then you have to learn about the dominant role. I think it would be helpful to understand all the approaches. Oh, April found it. What episode is it? Uh, Listen to episode number 243 with Orpheus, how to be more dominant in in the bedroom for penis owners however no matter what genitals you're rocking you can still benefit from this if you want to be a power dom meaning you are doing it 
just as well as you could and keeping everyone in a a really safe and, and conscious space. But I liked what you said about speaking to there's always practices that could feel unsafe it's everyone needs to know what they're doing get training for morpheus well, and, everybody and yeah. talk about it beforehand right don't yes. just like dive on yeah. in and yeah i mean i've i've had experiences and try to be sober try to be oh, sober yeah because everybody gets that cup of courage in them and then wants to start getting choked right and then you i'm showing up at your court case you know what yeah. i mean trying to testify you know what i mean please be sober most people are drinking because this is who they are and this is the only way that they can experience an aspect of their self that is longing that they're longing for it's really coming up in their body right? They really want to have this experience. So for me, you have to say, let me just take ownership of this desire. Let me find a safe space to explore it, right? And get as much knowledge and information about the thing as I can, and then engage in the behavior. Don't just get drunk because this excuse to do your thing or get high or do these types of things because you will get hurt. Remember, we are dealing with power, Unlike other, you know, aspects of like sex, you know, we are specifically dealing with a power dynamic. And just like you don't want to just open up a power outlet without any, knowing how to do it because you'll get hurt. You don't want to just open up uh, this type of play. Right. And explore this thing because you may get hurt. Mm -hmm. So before you start playing with power, submission, dominance, master, slave, top, bottom, go into it and find out what's really there. Learn what you need to learn before you get in it. And then it is a beautiful thing, right? Also for men, you know, I want to say that this is not, uh, submission is something that's universal. To me, the difference between a dominant and a master is really that a, a master understands how submission plays into it. Because I have to access my submission in order to be a master, in order to receive from my subs, in order to receive pleasure, in order to just sit back and allow someone to do something to me, for me, around me, near me, to submit to not having societal pressure stop me from engaging in a type of behavior that brings me joy, right? And not let the trauma resurface, right? Not to go into my head or retreat, right? Or just to cop into those damn male patriarchal standards that says what a guy is supposed to be. Let go. Half of submission is letting go. The other half is not holding on, right? Let go of the things that are holding you back. They're keeping you from enjoying that. Stop holding on to those feelings that are coming up. Just be in the moment. When it right? comes to initiation of sex, a lot of folks think that if you are a sub, you may not have the power or whatever you want to call it to initiate sex. In your experience, how can submissive people out there do this while staying in this submissive role? Is it possible? Of course it is. But if, if this is uh, an option, what do you suggest for those submissive folks out there? Yeah, like you're letting I go like and you're not resisting, but you're initiating at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to look at it like from a Buddhist standpoint, there's a difference between doing and being, right? Dominance will do to you, do, you know, do the spanking, do the flogging, do the stuff. Submission is more about being, being the thing that drives them crazy, being the thing that turns them on, being in the space of reception, being in this willing mode, being in the right outfit, being, you know what I mean? That you come home and you're wearing the thing that they like most, not the thing that turns you on or makes you feel sexy, being in the thing that you know your partner likes, 
will get you in that space. And that's a type of submissive way of doing it. Personally, I like the long shirt, long shirt, panties, some socks. Oh my God, that turns me on. You socks? know how often really? I get socks? Well, there, like socks. what kind of socks? Are we talking about the calf high socks? Oh. Oh. Like, are you talking about like Walmart white socks? I hate those things, but I'm I respect this. Do you like those? Are you talking about yes. like socks yes. with funny things on them? Sometimes I mean they, I like socks, period. But you know, if I if I'm talking about this specific fantasy, the man, you know, my one of my long button-up white shirts, white panties, white socks, calf high. And you're like, that's hot to me. Hot. But what other yeah. people think, but what often happens is a person will wear what they think is sexy and what turns them on, but yeah. I'm not them. Mm. Right. And that works in the beginning, but in order to be a good lover, you have to know the thing that you're loving. Just like you have to be a good hunter. You have to know the thing you're hunting. What I have a question. What's it? Uh, is it called the wet look? Uh, the there. So I I went on a. I think that's what's called. Oh, I the went, wet T-shirt thing. Yes, I went on a date with someone years ago who their ultimate turn on was just uh, any sort of particularly a white T-shirt, but like any sort of less basic T-shirt. Well, it's not naked. It's not lingerie. And in fact, it's like something that like really gets their motor going. And like you have to be, and if you're wearing a bathing suit, it wouldn't apply. But like you it's like put, a Hanes white T-shirt, uh, Hanes white T-shirt jeans, and you got water splashed on you. And holy shit! And I we we, we never really explored that. Is it called wet look? Is that what that? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, wet look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just we ever all of our different things. Like for April, the the, the cap high socks. It's because be my jam. brother used to have them dirty all over the house when I was little. And that's all I can think about. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, the dirty white socks that he and we would buy for him. Someone that's else all I think about. might turn that into a turn totally. on though. They'd I'm not like, doing that at all. And I Orpheus yeah. respect because I I might have a new respect for white socks now. The the Hanes socks or I don't know what brand's making them, but I will leave this behind in my past. And 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 thank you for sharing that because I when I was envisioning your fantasy for you, I was picturing some fun like socks with avocados on them or something thing or something something that's like come fuck me now yeah. yeah you have to think most of, most of our what we view as turn on is first of all hollywood does it better than anyone else what they do is they prime the pump for most young male libido so you know when we see the the love interest or the sexy person think how many people you've seen in a sweater panties and like some kind of curled up reading a book right that is the big thing it's like oh i've never seen that in real life Right. Like that's never I've never come home to that. Right. You see the guy in the sh I mean, the girl in the shirt, the men's shirt, because she woke up and now she's cooking breakfast or something. Their butt peeking out the back. Ooh. That's hot. But I've never seen that. Hmm. You know, what I mean, what I get is someone wearing lingerie and I really don't like lingerie. Like it's not my thing. Right. So I think that there's many men who go, yeah, I, I'm glad you like that. And that was it's cute. That's great. I'm glad you're turned on by it. But what about me? You know, what about my turn? Nobody ever asks. And so for me, as a lover, often what I try and do is keep a notepad. Every time something turns her on or something I do, she likes, I write it down so that I can separate my desire from her desire. Smart. Right. So that when it's time to turn that person on, I can go, you know, oh, she likes when I wear the flannel or, or the one with the arms where my arms are really showing or, you know, where my chest, you know, something like that. Or she likes when I do this or I keep all those different lists for, I am Polly. I've got a bunch of different lists for a bunch of different parts, <laughs> right? But I find that women who are, you know, people who are raised female at birth are not trained to be good lovers. They're trained to be that which is desired and that they're supposed to be desired. 
Well, but so you're not we, sorry, you're not saying that penis owners are trained to be good lovers too, though, because I don't think they're trained to be no, good no, lovers. No, no, okay, no, okay, no, good. Okay, no, just no, to clarify. No, no. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying that I think that men actually are tried to be geared towards like you're supposed to be the seducer. Mm. You're supposed to be a thing that wants, and there's supposed to be a thing that is wanted, right? But what it gets morphed into is, well, they like anything. But I think when we go desire what's the thing that is desired and the thing that desires when we become this thing we we limit ourselves right both people have to be the seducer both people have to be the lover archetype both people have to be the thing that is wanted both people have to be the thing that is desired we both have to play both roles we both have to want and want to be wanted right and we both have to make those investments and so when you're in your submission you are giving yourself over to what you know to their desires what do they like what is their favorite food? What turns them on? What is their favorite? How do they like to see me? How is my, my hair in line with their desires? Mm-hmm. Right? And then that way you don't have to, and that's a type of silent initiation. I'm initiating silently. Now, I'm not saying it has to be that, but if you want to take a submissive way where you're not actively like, hey, I'm ready. That's, that's fuck. Exactly. Let's fuck. <laughs> also for men who are in submission, it's really difficult too. Right. Because there are male submissives and they want to be acted on and they don't know how to go from that submissive place as a male in the male body. Right. As a penis owner and how to just want to be taken. Hmm. Right. And so in the same way, they have to do the same thing. They have to say, what does my partner like? What is my part? What turns him on? What makes him go crazy? Right. They used to just want to do this thing. Sometimes my wife will see something and she'll look me dead in the eye and push it onto the floor. <laughs> nuts. I mean, like, what do you oh mean like God. give me an example like a tangible thing like a like, like, a yeah, like it'll be like a cup just sitting oh. there and she'll look me dead and I like a cat just... <laughs> that's something i would do oh <laughs> at the brat though right that's, that's fucking awesome right. so, I, so i was going to ask you then so i'm hearing two pieces here one is like really uncover your partner or partners and you know pay attention and make the list so that you can meet them and not just think of what makes you feel sexy think of what makes them feel sexy and educate yourself which is why we'll bring this into how they can go and work with you or, or work with people like you Love so that. they can get more of the education but i was thinking of myself as someone when i was you know 21 when i met april and the relationship i was in and i didn't know i was identified as submissive so i would say to my partner i want you to make me feel small i'm you know i'm a little over five nine and that's what it felt like to me i was uneducated though i didn't know yet and then Mm. in my later 20s i started to understand more about that it was more submissive and could ask for more now i can initiate as a sub by knowing that my partner just like seeing someone topless in jeans and all i have to do is is walk you know walk in the room with topless in jeans and give them you know a little like you know batting eye and they're like oh fuck you know i don't have to say anything but i had to take years of educating owning learning all these different definitions for myself and then how can i express that and explore that so you can totally easily initiate as a submissive person by barely doing a thing or like me with you know my partner's like hey i want you to you know make this thing for me and i'm like no you know and then i could like you know do something that's kind of like a sexy no or something you know i could i can play into that role because i definitely tap more into the brat piece so for people who want to learn more about this like april talked about going back to past episodes but they want to work with you they want to like dive into your workshops i know you have a lot of things coming up and i don't know we were talking about maybe some collaborations at some point in the future Mm -hmm. i don't know how can they do that to dive deeper in 
Yeah, you can go to OrpheusBlack.com, and we have an event coming up uh, on a virtual event, a Zoom event. Actually, it's a hybrid event where people can actually come to a dungeon and sit in the audience if you're in California or you're willing to fly here. Or you can do it on Zoom, and they'll be going on the same time, and it's going to be energy exchange and kink. And basically, we're going to talk about how the energetics, how to play energetically through submission, through dominance. We're going to have to talk about, you know, spirituality or what I like to call the three sisters, spirituality, sexuality and surrender. Mm. Right. Those are three things that really energies are pooling in that room at that time. So we're going to be going over all that. And we're going to talk about flogging and we're going to talk about uh, the energetics of flogging. We're going to talk about uh, bondage and meditation right where we're doing binding rituals and partner stretching and exploring the sensualness of tying the body we're going to talk about bringing spirituality into your sexuality we're going to go over all that and it's going to be a three-day extravaganza so it's going to be wonderful so you guys can go shameless one and uh we'll give you a, a code so that you guys can get a, a nice discount off and uh, we'd love to have your audience because they're always so great and where are you located if they did want to fly? Where is the event being held? It's and going to be the in date? Los Angeles. Okay. In Los Angeles near LAX. Okay. And what were the dates again? Uh, I don't have the dates, but oh. with me, but you can go on OrpheusBlack.com. <laughs> <laughs> go Hit check the it button out. And yeah. see exactly what it is. And we're we're actually looking at whether, depending on how many people show up, it'll be determined how big the dungeon is and which dungeon we use. But we're going to bring you into a full dungeon space, St. Andrew's crosses, spanking benches, you know, maybe even some dominatrixes or something. You know, we're going to do a full experience for the people who show up and for the people who are online, they'll get a chance to see some of the things. They'll get to be a part of the class, but they won't get the benefit of all the extras that will be there. That's awesome because this is a safe place for folks if they want to learn about either a dominant submission, maybe you're both, maybe you're all of them, maybe, maybe you're one one day and then another and the next day. Yeah, that's exactly. You switch it switch. up. You can go and see Orpheus in LA and all of these other folks, or just tune in on the Zoom. And we'll have the link in our show description. Once they solidify the dates, we'll have them for you. Orpheus, wow. We love you so much, I have to say. And I'm going to write the people at all of the apps that I listen to for the soundscapes and let them know that you need to start reading some of the the uh, the bedtime stories because right. I feel like your voice is so soothing and I just absolutely Thank love you. it. And that is so powerful. And your words of wisdom really ring true for, for me and I hope for all of you out there. So we will see you again, Orpheus, of course, because you're so fantastic. And Thank you so much. Oh, oh one last oh, thing, one yeah. last thing. You can also go on Amazon and get my book. <gasps> Wait, oh, what's there? Please tell us, tell us about your book. Yeah. Uh, uh, Orpheus Black is uh, called The Philosophy of Submission, which is a great one for oh. this one, right? And it's an ebook. Uh, it's uh, and you can download it onto a Kindle or to your cell phone. And uh, again, it really helps people understand and explore who they are as a submissive or in a space of submission, and really how to cultivate that in a healthy way. So, you know, it's a, it's a really good, easy read. And, uh, you know, again, you can go to Amazon.com, put in Orpheus, E-N-S-O, and the book should come up for you. And if you want a hard copy, you can go on my page and we will print one for you, print on demand. 
Mm. Wow. That's so dominant of you. (laughs) Yes, I will, sir. Oh, yes, I will. Uh, Oh, thank you. I will take one just because (laughs) you told me to. All right, y'all. Thank you so much to every one of our shameless sex listeners, whether you're a sub or a dumb or all the things in between. We love you so much, and we cannot mm. wait to see you for another episode of Shameless Sex. If you haven't done so already, I'm going to be the Dom right now and tell you what to do. Go ahead. Give us five stars on iTunes. And Spotify. And, oh, Spotify now takes ratings? Yep. Oh, see, I was in a bubble the last week because I did not know that. <laughs> and Spotify, all that does is help folks out there find people like Orpheus who are changing the face of everything that has to do in and outside of the bedroom and for the better and the greater good. So go ahead. Mm. Give us five stars. You don't have to write some in-depth thing. If you do, we will read every single one. If you want to do a couple of emojis, we appreciate that too. All right, y'all. We will see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.